0: Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners.
1: Hooey pleases the boobs a
0: great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble!
1: Ah, uh, welcome to it. Well, they found the bomber, folks. Love
0: Bomb! Love Bomb! Will you sleep better tonight than you did last night since they found
1: the bomber? No, because I've actually read up on this guy. And unfortunately, he was probably doing a male stripper dance to say a song like Love Bomb by ACDC kind of sounded like... So the more I learn about his background, it's disturbing. I'm not going to sleep well. I liked it better when it was just in some anonymous bomber sending packages that weren't blowing up.
0: Kind of reminded me of Joey Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to be a wrestler.
1: Wanted to be a wrestler. He ended up being a for hire. Selling kind of, his body for money. <laughs> yeah, freelancing male stripper. That's got to be so... Uh, <sighs> Heck, that's got to be a, probably a fun living if you're good at it, but I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think that would be very fulfilling for me. Be like, you know, the eye candy for a bunch of bachelorette parties and women of a certain age. You think I'd enjoy that, Clay? Uh, Southern Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Probably for a
0: little bit, but it would have to get old, because you have to go home at some time. Right. And when you go home to an empty house, you know, it's fine to be... Dude, I walk up and down the streets of Montgomery all day, every day, and women holler and scream at me, and... But right. I've I've got something to go on right. To. But you can't even say that was
1: straight face. Yeah, you want them to love
0: you for your your mind, right? Yeah, I mean, you need some substance, you know, the rather than substance. Yeah, right. <laughs> rather than just, uh, you know, what's that word? Well, yeah, no, I want to go back to that. But uh, you know, you need something, uh, you know, and it may sound bad, but you want something waiting for you at the house or a reason yeah. to go home, right? You know, rather than I need to go to sleep and, you know, to have... And it it gets more in-depth the older you get, and you become a family, and you have children,
1: and you've Mm -hmm. got... You know... But do you know... Do you have any friends about your age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, who didn't go through the whole family man thing? That just, they kept getting older, and it's not like they didn't grow up. They matured or grew and did their own path, but they didn't settle down. I I do. I I
0: have some... um, I know some... Uh, What we would call bachelors. Happy bachelors. Yeah. I mean, I know some of them that just just never, you know, wanted that lifestyle. I know people who, uh, not on their own choosing, chose not to have children. Hmm. Uh, I I know all kind of people. And, you know, what we would call old maids. You know, women that just just don't want to put up with a man, which I don't know that I could blame them. Right.
1: You know... (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't don't blame him either. It's just, I don't know, the more I'm reading about this guy's history, and it's always fascinating when some large crime is perpetrated. Luckily, and this is what I hope is not getting lost, is nobody's been hurt in this. Nobody has been hurt whatsoever. And by the way, folks, Southern Wood is watching on his phone his daughter compete. It's the championship? Yeah, and if you hear a noise... Or uh, Ric Flair. Woo! You, you got the time wrong. So you you said you could come do the show, but it turns out your daughter yeah. is now playing and it's being streamed. So he's a little distracted, ladies and gentlemen. I understand
0: this. So he's the family man. Nanny was just serving. She's got a great serve, yeah. too. Nanny's she can kill it. Sarah's got to go. They're both good. I'm very <laughs> fortunate. When Lauren came to me, I guess it was about nine years ago. Right. Maybe... Yeah. And said my, my eldest, Sydney, is going to play volleyball, girls volleyball for a homeschool group. I was like, really? Yippee. <laughs> Whoa. But I'm
1: telling you. You've fallen these, in love with it. I'm telling you, these girls, they're good. No, I mean. But here, here's the point I'm making. You're talking like this. It's like, I would never expect you to do anything like this package bomb guy. Because you do have a lot of friends. You do have, like, a home life. You care about your family and your wife and your kids and and your community. Whereas, like, when I started reading the profile of this package bomber, it just read like somebody who would do something like this. It seemed like, well, there you go. And then you see the van. I mean, I think he should defend himself by saying I'm an ironic performance artist, actually. (laughs) Like nobody would seriously do this. Have you seen the
0: close-up of the van too? Oh, I mean, they're—they're they're like, I think there's six or seven people with the crosshairs. Yeah, on them plastered. I don't want to get into the fishy part of that. I mean, that's just a little bit suspicious. But I don't want to get into the no. You I don't. Know, this is I fake
1: and all that, folks, you know but I know what you're saying because... but dear, No, I want to give some advice to folks right now. In the midst of this heated political environment, because I'm not on team Republican or team Democrat I can say, by the way, that Team Democrat tends to piss me off more. But because I'm not on either team, you got to settle down on defending the team or defending your side and demonizing the other side when things like this happen. Sometimes there are people that are so crazy and such looney tunes that they do nuts things. It doesn't have to be a ploy from the other side. It doesn't have to be a false flag in order to win. And my opinion on this comes from a point of view of these people running the Democratic Party and certainly the people running the Republican Party, they're not that smart. I mean, if they are that intelligent and that driven, they also can't orchestrate something like this without somebody finding out in this day and age. I think this guy did it. This is his profile. Like, if you have cousins of his saying he took a lot of steroids, he's always been a little bit wacko. There are people that sometimes listen to politics, say Donald Trump, and they love Donald Trump, who take it too seriously and take it too far. And it becomes, like, the defining aspect of their personality. And I'm not talking about, like, super fans or even good people. Who have a family they're taking care of. I'm talking about a guy who's essentially been a lost soul his whole life and now Trump comes along and he's like oh, something to latch on to. Now I'm going to take my extreme, unusual personality and attach it to Trump. Yeah. And unfortunately it's now manifests itself in you know, I'm going to th- send a bomb to all sorts of democratic enemies of the president. But I mean, this guy had done things like that. Weird things like domestic assault. His rap sheet along as I started to read the story more and more yes, I think this guy did it. And luckily he didn't successfully explode a, a bomb.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that is very, very fortunate. And I don't know if they're fake or not, but thank God nobody has gotten hurt or injured, not just because what it would do to the Republican side just in general I, as much as I disagree with yeah. the people that got the bombs I definitely do not want anything to happen to them like that no. or the people around them collateral damage but you know I think people like this it, in a general sense they they act on impulse yes, the and the thing about relationships in general and especially when you are or in a um, a marriage, and you look at that, it, it it causes, at least me personally, and I think everybody to some extent, to, you have to control your impulses. What do I want to do? Right. I can't just drive by uh, uh, Dick Brubaker's out there and say, man, you know, that's a good-looking truck right there. I drive this old piece of junk 1993 truck I can make the payment on it and go in there and buy the truck. On impulse. That's, on impulse, I could do that if I was single by myself. And had a lot of money, yeah. And then I yeah. can have buyer's remorse. I can't do that because I have to think, no, now wait a minute. You know, I've got four children to feed. All sorts I've of obligations. You know, yeah. my wife takes care of the house and my finest. And, my, and I, I, I can't do that. So
1: the, the relationships in your life keep you grounded. And you're talking about something as simple as an they impulse They can. But, I mean, Yes. They don't always. They don't always. Sometimes they can drive you nuts, too. Or or they can, or in this way, imagine, like, somebody who, like, somebody attacked, like, your girl there playing. Like, another girl or a, another classmate or, God forbid, a, a, an adult attacked one of your daughters. Your reaction to that isn't going to be, like, uh, one of rationality I mean, I'm sure your action would be rational and justified, but you're gonna respond emotionally protect, 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 protect. Yeah. So everybody depending on the relationship can react in an emotional way. But generally when you have a good family or you have a good network of friends, it will ground you and probably keep you from doing something really stupid. Well, and see that would even ground you
0: with your relationships, oh, of you course. know. I mean, you can you'd go to Atlanta and you have this opportunity and you go, oh, you know, I can do this, nope and but what if you know, so and so found out about it. Well, how would that make me look? Now, mm-hmm. that may not be the reason. I think you probably should have something inside you to make
1: you do it. You but should. You have a developed conscience. Yes. But
0: that's accountability. You hear a lot about accountability, yeah. especially in like uh, like AA meetings. Right. An alcoholic. Yeah, you can have an accountability partner, and you can have somebody to hold you accountable. But when it comes down to the nut cutting, nobody can hold you accountable but yourself. Yeah. But it does help to say, you know, I've got to go look Joey in the eyes. That's why the night when you said you were quitting tobacco and you asked me, was I quitting? And I said, no, because I couldn't come in here. I could come in here without a dip of stuff in my mouth and say, oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Doing good. 21 days now. <laughs>
1: doing great. Doing but, you know, wonderful. No, and I haven't touched it. By the way, tobacco update. I've not touched any tobacco. And, and I'd have to look at the calendar. But several weeks. Sure. And, and, it, and so it, I mean, and it, I still have this oral fixation that's unreal. and yes, all of you go ahead and make the jokes yeah. that you're going to make. Joey has an oral fixation. It's true. I, you, I dip you know, grizzly wintergreen pouches for three years. I'm used to having something in my mouth. You, you know what I did? So I'm tearing up gum. What do you? Which would be you couldn't do
0: this because you talk on the radio for a living. Mm-hmm. I chewed match stems. I would take match matches. Stems. Yeah, I would take matches because they're they're square mm-hmm. and the, and the they they break a loose from top to bottom. They're not yeah. spiraled like uh, toothpicks are, and I would take and pop the I would pop the top off the match, not the sulfur part of it. Right, and then I would just sit there and just
1: you, you could have done that with the to- toothpick
0: Yeah, but you can take those match stems and you can you can keep biting them and they'll get soft and they'll spread out and you can tuck it down into you know your, what i'm
1: thinking about doing you can to uh satiate my oral fixation oh big college words there i'm thinking about getting a pipe but not not putting any tobacco in it just having a Like one of those big German (laughs) pipes? What are you going to
0: put in this pipe,
1: Joey? (laughs) Nothing. No, I'm going to carry it around, have nothing in this pipe. And just have it, like, when I'm having a thought, be like... uh Yeah,
0: get the big one that's got the big hook on it. Not not a straight pipe. Yeah, the big er hook pipe. And then when I have a thought, it's like... "Mm -hmm."
1: "Mm -hmm." Like, for instance, I just saw... We could do this with, like, stories. It's like, there's a family uh, in, let's see, South Carolina that requested... That local hunters, they put it out online. Please don't shoot the seven-point deer with the yellow tape around his antlers. Hashtag don't shoot George. They apparently adopted, though the deer is still running free, a seven-point buck named him George. Mm -hmm. And they're like the protectors of this deer. So if you see a deer out there in South Carolina, folks, don't shoot George. Hashtag don't shoot George. See, the only thing that worries me about George
0: is uh, deer, they rub their antlers all the time, and he's going to rub that tape off his antlers. Right. Before they shed, and I mean, after the shed, which won't come until early next spring, and then... Yeah, and some
1: Chad Payne commented and said that uh, too late, his friend got George yesterday. <laughs> Oh on, man! Please, George is delicious. I'm sure. No, it, and I have heard
0: of that people, you know, raising and and I, I don't think you're actually legally supposed to do that. Right, or you have to go through channels right. to raise. To that.
1: Actually, have a deer as uh, a pet.
0: Yeah, and uh, the what they would do is put uh, a dog collar on because I mean, a deer's neck mm-hmm. is not that big. Now, a buck will be a little bit different, but up towards the chin is not that big. You can get a dog collar that's like a hunting collar with the orange on it. Right. And I don't know or put a tag in their ear. I don't know of a hunter that I know is many that I know that would shoot an animal like that because you would know it's a pet. Exactly.
1: Like, it, but, see, this is the thing. is If I'm doing this story, I'd be like, hashtag don't shoot George. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. And then I'd put the pipe up to my mouth and be like, hmm, interesting. But, another story that made me you know suck on my pipe and go, hmm, interesting, interesting. See, FDA has now... Due to a few trials and a few companies pushing for it, they're now considering psilocybin as found in magical mushrooms as quote-unquote breakthrough therapy. I posted this yesterday, and here's the thing. Whenever you see a story like this, this is the Federal Drug Administration, the FDA, Mm -hmm. the Food and Drug Administration. They're saying psilocybin, as found in shrooms, as the street lingo goes, are allowing for breakthrough therapy in treating people's depression. It's fascinating stuff. It really, and we're not talking, here, I'll see how some people react. A gentleman named Kevin Potter. Kevin, thank you for commenting. He said, wait, so a quote-unquote natural drug that makes you hallucinate and not know where you are is okay with the FDA, but pot is not? Started to read the story, but got lost in all the science talk. Well, the science talk's important, Kevin, but fair enough. So don't jump on my backside, but shrooms are not good. And I tried to tell him that it it's... And what Kevin doesn't seem to understand is it's not that the FDA and these companies are now recommending people like pop psilocybin capsules for, you know, the way they pop Xanax for anxiety or Mm -hmm. Prozac for, you know, depression or whatever. Lexapro is one that was around for a while. What they're doing is essentially in a controlled environment with a therapist, giving people certain doses of psilocybin. And having them talk out and think through whatever's troubling them. And then several months later, after maybe a couple of these therapy sessions with the dosage, these people are having major breakthroughs, no longer depressed. In particular, the people that are having the biggest breakthroughs in these trials are people that are diagnosed with terminal illnesses, like a terrible cancer Mm -hmm. diagnosis. And, you know, that's a very difficult thing to face. A lot of people go through anger and denial, and sometimes people don't handle it, and it's a very bitter end. They're giving, they're allowing those people to go through these trials, taking a dose of psilocybin, and talk to a therapist, talk to a specialist. And they're getting over that fear and that depression that comes with, say, like, facing death. That's the most serious thing. But other people have depression for all sorts of reasons, sometimes how they're wired. And the best I can guess is that it allows you to get out of those patterns or habits of thinking. That if you're talking to, it's, and let me be clear, folks, it's not like you're going and find, finding some mushrooms out in a field in a cow patty and, like, popping them and having fun with your friends. Right. And smoking a little wacky package. No, that's not what we're talking about. And that's, that's such a problem with our mentality about drugs. It's like certain drugs are only party drugs, man. Like you know, marijuana and alcohol and cocaine and shrooms and acid, bro, and MDMA and like all this stuff, they, they because they're illegal, they've grown up in the culture in the party scene in an illegal space. Whereas all sorts of other drugs, some less harmful, some more harmful, are in a medical sense. They've been in a medical space. They've been studied. They've been researched. They're prescribed by doctors. And in this country, we for some reason have. Oh, the ones that the government decided in the late 60s and 70s are forbidden, yeah. are always bad, and the ones that they allowed for medical research somehow slipped through the cracks, uh, that, those are fine. And so I think what's happening is, number one, it's come down with MDMA, it's helping people with PTSD, psilocybin, we're now seeing major breakthroughs, and these aren't just bunk studies. These are studies being done at Johns Hopkins, like, institutes of research. These are major breakthrough studies. And I've, I'm not saying that, oh, we should be able to... I mean, my ideal position is you should be able to put in your body what you please. Right. I mean, why should you have to... If you've got what is deemed
0: terminal cancer... I know a man that lived for over 10 years. Right. And he was supposed to be dead. And what did he do? He went to Mexico to get treatment. Yeah. Because it was things that were not approved by the FDA. Right. And I don't want anything to be sold as this is the, I mean, you go back to the elixirs of the Wild Wild West
1: when the right. guy just drove up with well, some Well, there's stuff like that alcohol. still today in uh, the uh, dietary supplement world. The supplements world with like protein. and Right. Or, or like nootropics. I was reading an article on that. And there's all sorts of stuff out there that claims it'll give you more energy and focus and memory and just c- mental clarity, and they're really expensive, and I think a lot of it's uh, snake oil. Or, a lot of it might just work for only a few people in their physiology. That's right. But the ones that it does work for, let it work for But here's the thing. At the end of the day, you know what's going to really help your mind? Make you feel better? Even if you're depressed? And this isn't a catch-all, but, you know, exercise some during the day. Go for a walk, at least. It's amazing how it will Free up your body to feel better and your mind to feel better. Uh, you can't replace good habits with a pill. That should right. be common sense. Yeah, but I, also I think this mentality we inherited from also, especially all you conservatives out there, this mentality is that of the progressives of the early 1900s all the way into the 60s and 70s. Richard Nixon was a progressive Republican. He brought us, I think, the EPA and many other instances. Institutions that I don't think have served the public very well. Sure. And so, why are we carrying on this progressive holier-than-thou mentality? Because it's to save people from hurting themselves. It's we're doing this for your own good mentality. I think on the in, in the good intentions world, <laughs> I think there are also some other drug companies uh, who would love to see certain things outlawed. And hey, the alcohol industry isn't happy that marijuana is becoming legal. And how powerful are they? And
0: that's where it, it always. You know, it always comes down to where the money is. Do, do the pharmaceutical companies, one of the wealthiest as a group organizations in this country, do they want alternative medicine? No. Right. It's like, simple story. When you bumped your head that night and you said that that stuff that, that Lauren just, gave you was, to put on your head. It was moisturizer. You know why it's labeled that way? Because they cannot say that's an antibacterial. Because right. it had not been tested by the FDA. Right. That's what it was. Okay. But you can sell it as moisturizer. Well, and
1: it did did have a quick healing wound And you have there.
0: no scar and everything right. looks perfect. Well, and I thank you for patting that
1: on my head.
0: But that's the way things go. It is. And, uh, and there's so much well, money. And you know the alcohol industry. You know right. that lobby is well, behind. You. Do these, not legalize marijuana. Well,
1: think about these studies right now with psilocybin found in magic mushrooms. You know, all these companies producing, helping people with anti depression, just getting rid of depression, all these pills that are being produced and anxiety. You know, they're not happy that a few therapy sessions with very limited doses of a natural chemical
0: means you don't have to buy Xanax and come see them every,
1: for, every month. Yeah. So that's a major breakthrough for people. Not for those companies making millions and millions of dollars. But here's the thing. We shouldn't have a system where it's rigged in their favor, which it currently is. It costs billions of dollars. Yes, billions with a B to bring drugs to market because of our approval process of the FDA. It's absurd right? how long it takes. If anything, right now what they do is they test for safety but also effectiveness. And you have to do all sorts of litigation to show the effectiveness. No, if it's safe, let People test the effectiveness. And, you know, it just... It drives me nuts. But Also, at the end of the day, it, all these, it makes sense to me that natural is better. Now, you can look back and go, okay, why is it that people, you know, hundreds of years ago who were eating all natural weren't doing as well? Well, because you have to be eating natural, but also be smart. There's the best way to prepare natural stuff. But it doesn't surprise me that when you go back to just eating good food, like I did this myself. I stopped eating fast food. I'll have a cheat day here or there, but I stopped eating fast food every night. I stopped eating processed sugars and processed like white bread and that sort of stuff. I went to just straight meat. The best meat I can find. The best fish I can find. I mean, Occasionally, I've now gotten an appetite for greens. I never used to eat greens. I used to hate that stuff. Now I'll eat a simple salad or some green beans or something. And it's made me feel a whole lot better. I don't use as much caffeine... When you get your body
0: chemistry in line and you are eating properly, yeah. you will find yourself. Your body
1: knows what it wants, what it needs, and it will it's start amazing. craving things like that. It's amazing how and how much I better I feel, and the same that applies for humans. It applies for those. Well, some people call them fur babies, but your dogs, your cats, your your, your pets. When your pet is given all natural ingredients. You can add years to their lives. Products that you know where the the materials, where you know where the food is coming from. American, local, it is always better for your pet. And so if your pet is healthy, your pet will be happy. If your pet is healthy, it'll be a longer life. It'll give you more time with that amazing dog or cat. And this is why you should go buy four healthy pets over on Atlanta Highway, the Village East Shopping Center, say hi to Teresa. Teresa really does have this philosophy that if it's healthy in terms of all-natural, it's sourced from responsible places, put together in a responsible way, it is going to be better for not only human beings but also the pets we love. And that's what they do over at 4 Healthy Pets. And it isn't just like the everyday meal your dog or cat needs. It's also treats. You don't have to get them the little... Bone, you can get them like, especially with big dogs. I've heard people have a problem where they chew through a toy so quickly. Well, then go get them an elk antler, it works beautifully. Or if you want to give them a snack they will go crazy for, go with the Chicken crack, the chicken jerky. Yeah, I, It's so good, I would eat it. it. It's just great stuff over at 4 Healthy Pets. So check it out again, Village East Shopping Center on Atlanta Highway, same side of Atlanta Highway as Faulkner University. Or you can go check out more of their products, massages, grooming, and the rest at 4healthypetsonline.com. Again, that's 4healthypetsonline.com. I, I swear though, Southernwood, it's been a huge uh, change in perspective for me. Yeah, and sometimes I have to watch myself I'm feeling so good I forget that I have to behave I get feeling too good <laughs> and like just saying whatever comes to mind like, You got Joey you can be yourself but just reel it in I don't say too much how's your, uh, your daughter's team doing they won the first set they're kind of sucking it up second set oh, looks yeah. like we're going three well I believe in them I'm just saying that to make you feel happy but I believe in them they're good. No, They're good. They'll get it done. Don't worry. And yes, the bomber has been found. some people are calling him the maga bomber, but Oh, you know that's going to stick. Oh, of course it. <laughs> is. I'm not bomber. Don't scare no bomber! Joey Clark. to it. You're listening to the Joey Clark radio hour. You know, one day my ship will come in. One day I'll be making money hand over fist. And I'll realize that it's not really a, the money that makes you happy, but it's how you use it. Money gives you options. It gives you options. It won't make you happy. Let's not deny it. It's great when you can go buy a nice tailored suit, when you can get nice shoes, you can get a nice car. But also when you can, you know, provide for your kids' education.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I think the danger in money is it can give you too many options. Say you, oh, say yeah. you, say you won the, that big lottery. Yeah, you know this weekend, right?
1: Oh, I'd be scared
0: to hell. You immediately have too many options. Yeah. And then you lose what we were talking about to begin the show with, or at the earlier part of the show, you lose that accountability. That's that you groundedness. Know. You may yeah. still love doing radio, and you still want to come in here, right. and you say something out of hand, and and your boss says to you one day, uh, Joey, you got to tone that down. You can't say that. You right. can go... You've got no accountability to your job. You go, screw you, Rick. Well, no, but I wouldn't say that. I would say, of you course. Don't, yes, you, sir, you're right. You don't know what you would do. If, if I you was had, making a ridiculous it, amount of money? I, I'll buy this but bleeping no, station. He's the one paying me. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if you were Some completely it. you know, you don't, See, but I you I don't, don't think know I do what that. you would do. I don't think I would do that. We don't think we would do a lot of things but it, it, and I'll go to the Bible. Yeah. There's a scripture and people they misquote it or they they have a different understanding than I do. Sometimes it it's, it says that no man knows the heart except for God. And right. most people say that, well don't judge other people because you don't know what's in their heart. I think it goes deeper than that. Don't judge All the way to you don't even
1: know in your own heart oh, you're what you're a, capable you're of. You're making a good point. Only you're making, God knows you're what making You're making a fantastic of. point. It's a, something I say all the time. The tyrant in you is a tyrant in me. Yeah. And that we, it, it's another, like, you know, when you see a guy who's rich and famous. Like, Bill Burr makes this point in his stand-up special a few years ago with, like, Tiger Woods. Like some guy, like a forklift operator. You know, good, honest living. Is criticizing Tiger Woods. Or one of these big fat blabbermouths on Fox News is talking about, oh, how dare, this is disgusting what Tiger Woods did. You don't know what it's like to be in his shoes. Yeah. He's making millions of dollars. Everywhere he turns, some woman is throwing herself at him. Now, what should he have done in that situation? Don't get married if you're going to give in to that temptation. Or get married and stay true to your wife. You have choices here, but all the people criticizing him, it's back to a point we were making earlier. It's easy for somebody on the outside looking in to make a kind of a cold, rational decision, or calculation on how should somebody behave in this situation. Like, obviously, if you're a married man, stay true to your wife, Tiger. If you don't want to be married anymore, get divorced, Tiger, and do it quietly. But don't, you know, go out, but I'm not in his shoes. I don't right. know what it's emotionally like to constantly be tempted every which way I turn. and that's why I was saying earlier this week if I had won that Mega Millions jackpot was essentially a billion dollar payout, there's no telling what I would have done. I would have yeah. been I actually would have had a bit of fear it all running through me. Because who knows with that type of money, especially when you don't earn it, you don't create it, you get lucky like a lottery. I mean, I would like to think I would immediately run to all sorts of tax professionals, attorneys, financial planners. I would put a lot away to start building more of a nest egg. Uh, I would have fun in the charity charity space, like set up a foundation. Don't just give to other charities, but that's always a fun idea. Like if you really come into a lot of money, what sort of things would you do for others? Like genuinely do in a charitable sense. That's a fun idea to come up with. I'm not certain what I would do. One thing that does fascinate me though is maybe talking to people, especially young people who get into politics and they start to take it really seriously because especially and you don't necessarily have to be young. It could be any age. But when you first find an idea when it's new, there's a novelty to an idea you discover say a rookie politician. Yeah, rookie politician or like a rookie fan of politics Uh, because I know some people like this who go through their whole life and they don't vote, they don't really ever pay attention to the news and then say it comes around like they're 30 something they're 40 something and they're starting to take politics more seriously and watch the news and they sort of grasp onto an idea and I've almost done the opposite. I started out really young watching the news and being into politics and I'm sort of jaded in that sense. And what I would tell people, especially new to politics, especially in the heat of an election, midterm or presidential, is the novelty wears off. And don't take yourself so seriously, whatever your ideology, that nobody else can take you seriously. And certainly don't take yourself so seriously that you are destroying friendships, that you're destroying relationships within the family, Uh, That you are now feeling like there's always the enemy out there. And I know our rhetoric sometimes sounds like that. From both sides, it sounds like that. And yeah, there are people out there that, no doubt, folks, that just piss me off to no end. I don't want to really have to deal with them. But especially when you're new to politics, there's something about it that, that gets you riled up. It gives you hope and promise, and it makes you feel empowered. Yeah, our cause is going to win. We're on the side of the angels. Now let's take on the devils, and let's see the day out. And it feels despairing when your side loses. How could we lose? But if you step back and you have some perspective, it will allow you not to make emotional decisions, and actually, you know, you don't have to feel as though your side was represented by this stupid bomber. Even though he was wearing your team colors and, and had all those stupid stickers, doesn't mean you have to identify with him. I, I think that's the number one problem these days. There's too much collective pride and p- collective guilt and collective shaming. And, and there
0: is, and it hurts so bad the way that the media, and I'm sorry, and, and maybe, maybe I'm looking through my Republican colored it glasses. Might be. But the way that the media portrays these things. And uh, I always said earlier, uh, you know, a guy screaming Allah Akbar drives through a crowd and kills 80 people, and they have no clue what the motivation could be. And immediately, well, this guy was seen in a red hat, so obviously Donald Trump told him to go out here and do all this stuff. Right? You know, and and it's, it's frustrating that... Every single news outlet will run with that. I mean, we talked about it at the break. He's the MAGA bomber, the MAGA bomber. Right. Why would
1: you call him that? Because he was he loved Donald Trump. Yeah. He was also a little nuts. I mean, it took you know, me. people that love me have done some
0: stupid things. Right. You know. Exactly, uh, driven drunk and 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 kill people and things like that. Does that right. make them the '84 bomber or killer
1: or driver? Right. You know, right? It, it, well, and it's just it's taking things too far, taking things too seriously. And no, we've seen this in sports too. People take things too seriously. I'm sure some idiots killed somebody over like an Auburn Alabama game. Oh sure, right. I'm sure that's happened. All sorts of fights happen over things as stupid as. You know winning a championship or losing, and people just get emotional and their whole identity and life gets tied up into this one moment and you know what there is an incredible thing like right now, folks Southernwood is watching his daughter play volleyball, and he is so emotionally invested in this, and it's
0: not just my daughter, it's the whole team i mean they're 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 a group you got you got nanny, got nicknames for all of them folks we got. Three, Nanny, three, four, Big Daddy, and Carl's out there right now. Mm -hmm. And they just came from seven to four. They are now up nine to seven. Wow. And this is for... This is for the championship. The championship. Yeah. Okay. The silver bracket championship. At nationals, and if they lose, what are you going to tell your your daughters? It depends on how they play. <laughs> I don't have to. I've, I've raised my youngins, and that's what's what's funny is I, I don't really have to get on to my girls. They know. They know. Okay. When, when they want, they'll win. And Lauren, she's the you know she's a nurturer. She's like, good job, girls. Good job, girls. Mm. And and especially Nanny. Nanny'll look at me and she'll put her eyes down and she'll shake her head and I'll raise my eyebrows, and she'll just mouth the words. She says, I suck that game. And I'm like, yeah, you really did. She was like, did you see that serve hit square into the middle of the net? I'm like, yeah, I did. She's like, I don't hit the ball in the net. I said, (laughs) I know. So,
1: I don't even have to correct them. Well, and there's a beautiful thing about like sport where it does keep you accountable. Like, there's not too much hypocrisy in sports. Everybody's got to play by the same rules or you get called out for it. And usually, whatever you did doesn't count. Like, if you cheat, you, uh, you know, you're called out for it. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking last night with uh, Dr. Steven Miller about how usually a traditional bad guy, you, if you want to be considered a bad guy, You lie, you cheat, you steal. Eddie Guerrero, when he did his Latino heat run in the WWF at the time, WWE, he would explicitly say, I lie, I cheat, I steal. And it worked very well. Like, people hated him but in the way you kind of want people to hate you. Not just for one night where they turn off the channel, but they constantly come back going, oh, I hope that guy loses because he lies, cheats, and steals so much. Right. But I'm having a little bit of trouble here because usually the person who lies, cheats, and steals is the bad guy. But Southern Wood... Yes, yes, I'm glad they're doing well. One of my favorite movies is a cast of characters that lie, cheat, and steal explicitly. And I love these Ocean's movies. Eleven? Yes. That is a great movie. I, but why but what, do you why, like it? Why is it? I don't know. What is it about? And this is an interesting thing. I, all day, every day, will say there should be laws against theft. It should be illegal to steal one dollar, let alone millions of dollars. I, I think there should be an exception, though, if you can divide no, here's a plan the thing. that elaborate. Here's the thing. I can say... That there should be laws against theft, all the way up to major felony theft, grand theft. But I can also say that if you're able to skirt those laws in such an audacious way with a brilliant team of dudes or ladies and just take down a guy who's almost like his security levels are a challenge, like it's a game that can we lie, cheat, and steal in such an elaborate, brilliant way that we steal from this guy? And in some way, I have to respect that. Even though you're breaking laws that I will defend, almost with my life, why would I don't know, I'm a little puzzled by this. There's something about when somebody lies, cheats and steals in such an audacious way and the guy they're lying and cheating and stealing against is not exactly a likable character. He's is a shady character as yeah. well. It makes you go, "Well, it, okay. I think that there's gets, something very entertaining about that's it." That's when you get
0: into situational ethics and you say, "Well, uh, you know, I can justify
1: my feelings against him because he's a bad dude too." So No, but I don't think it's just money though. And I don't think it's Just the other guy's bad, and he deserves it. I think a great part of it is, it's actually the challenge. It's the transgression itself. And that gets into some deep stuff, where do you really want to fall in love with the transgression itself? But it's more the accomplishment. When somebody's putting up so much security, and it's set out at the beginning of that movie, it cannot be done. You cannot steal from a Las Vegas casino, Whenever somebody says that, like, you can't reach this peak. Oh, I'm going there. It's like, oh, I want to see, I'm either going to do it or I want to see somebody do it. There's something about when people achieve excellence, even when they're doing it, even when they're excellent at lying and cheating and stealing, where you go, all right, I got to respect it. I might not agree even at a basic fundamental level with what you're doing, but you're doing it so well that i i i there's i tip my hat to you good sir yeah no i had this moment that was uh it had to be 2012 yeah where bill clinton was talking at the democratic national convention and he was talking about the economic policies barack obama was putting forth every single one policy for the most part other than maybe cutting taxes for pay, payroll taxes for a little while
0: I disagree. He didn't cut payroll taxes, though. What he did is he reduced the amount. That the, was the contributor had to pay into Social Security. Right. He was robbing. And this is what makes me so sick in the ass about people that don't pay attention. He was robbing from the very thing that they accuse Republicans for wanting to take away. What, it, what are the Republicans going to do? They're going to take your Social Security, right? Right. And he was robbing the payments going into Social Security. Your taxes were not cut. Your payroll taxes were not cut. Your federal, nor your state, were cut when Obama was in there.
1: Federal taxes,
0: payroll taxes, somebody pays about seven and a half. We group it all into, you've got your federal Mm -hmm. income tax, your state income tax. Then you've got your Medicaid, Medicare, and your Social Security. And that's that's what is your FICA. Your FICA, you pay seven and a half percent. I, as your employee, match that. Right. On top of that, so right. if you're paying a hundred dollars a month, this a hundred dollars a month, you don't even see that I'm sending in. Right now, I'm still sending the hundred in, right. but on your paycheck, you're not sending seven and a half in; you're sending three and a half in, right, or but, whatever they cut it down to. Yeah. So, yeah, you saw some pennies in your check, right? But all that's doing is starving a system that's, that's already broke. That's
1: cutting. That's a cut in taxes. That's called funky. That's that but that I, I can't say what it is It's that's, called but that's funky a, that's cutting taxes. No, it's not. No, if I'm having to pay 3 instead of 7%, that's a cut in taxes, isn't it? That is
0: social security is not a tax. They lump it in. Tax. It is not a tax. They Wait, so you're saying in. I don't have to pay it? There is a way you can be exempt from paying social security if I become Amish
1: or something. Uh-oh. There, there's not a way. It's Social Security, FICA taxes are taxes. Who are the champions? Woo! Congratulations. 15-13. But I'm bringing cents. all this up, and I can't believe we're arguing. Social Security and withholding taxes are taxes. It, 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 in, in based on sense, programs agreed to f- decades before I was even born, money is taken from me. Right. Every Against period. your will. Yes. And if you're self-employed, you have to pay the whole 14%. I'm quite aware of it. 15%. Yes. Yeah. That's what it's sucks. It's taxes. But anyway, we're getting off the point. Is Bill Clinton's at the DNC talking about all the Democratic policies that 99% of them I disagree with. I completely disagree with Bill Clinton. But the way he was going about it and selling it, like well, he was holding his finger up and like as he was making his points and kind of smirking i was like i disagree with almost everything that man is saying everything he is saying but he's so charming i got to tip my hat to him going you sly s o b yeah this is how you got elected exactly and why your wife won't get elected <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there's something hey, about like you oh, say the but that is the, that is no, the it's gospel true. truth it's true but it's also like I can really disagree with somebody, like, especially in politics, but then go, ah, you're good, man you're really good. In a way, like this is what I think a lot of people on the establishment left and in the establishment Republican circles don't want to admit is they wanted to say Donald Trump's a buffoon. Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing. Donald Trump doesn't know how to sell. He doesn't know how to actually present policies or speak in a clear manner. His look at his run-on sentences. Look what happens when you write down his speeches, what they look like and what they read like. Well, number 1, everyday speech isn't like the written word. It is just not. People do not talk to one another in the same way they write to one another. And that's and what they don't want to admit is that even though they disagree with Donald Trump, Donald Trump knows what he's doing. You he might does. not like the weapon that he's fashioning and how he's using the power of government, but you got to respect him as a blacksmith, as a wordsmith. He actually knows how to reach people and inspire them in a particular way. He might not agree with it, but he's damn good at what he's doing. I even think that he
0: does a lot of that on purpose. Yes, he speaks, of course, like the
1: common man wearing. A- you know what he said today? You know what he said today? He was asked about his rhetoric due to this MAGA bomber, the love bomb guy. I don't know that I heard this one. He said, "Oh yeah, I could, I could tone up, my, I could tone up my words." <laughs> Oh, like his like his words are like a midsection. I could tone it up. I could eat. I could eat low fat, high protein. <laughs> but you know, maybe I'll do it. I could tone it up. Like, oh my goodness, it's just. some of it, folks, and I'm gonna be straight with you, it's he is a brilliant BS artist in many ways. Yes, he is, and that's the name of the game of politics. For those who don't know, it's a lot of BS. And then about fifteen percent really serious. You got to know your stuff. You got to know the numbers. You got to know how to get out the vote and a good operation and know the policies that you actually want to pursue once you get power. But a lot of the election stuff and the stuff we talk about on the news—utter BS artistry. Sure, that's what it is. You just got to be good at it. Bill Clinton is a genius BS artist. Trump is a brilliant BS artist. What's the old joke? I, I think Carlin told about Bill Clinton. It's like, oh, that Bill Bill Clinton is full of crap. And the other guy says, well, yeah, at least he's honest about it. (laughs) And Trump is in many ways. He's a straight. People say he shoots from the hip. What you're essentially saying is like, yeah, he shoots from the hip and half of it isn't true. Or it's kind of like it's not like he's sitting here going, I've done this study and this is the exact facts. You know, it's BS. You know, he's just talking. And you like it, though, because it's advancing a particular thing you enjoy. Yeah, because, I mean, we all engage in hyperbolic
0: speech. We all do. And it's like you're having a conversation when he's
1: talking. So the, the money talks. The guy who can do something you might even disagree with fundamentally, but they do it so well that it's very effective. It gets them the dollar. It gets them the power. You have to tip your hat to it. At least I do. Whether it's Danny Ocean or Donald Trump or Bill Clinton. I may not like what happens at the end of the day, but I tip my hat to it. I like excellence. What can I say? Me too. Congratulations excellence. to your girl Thank and you, to their girl. whole team.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Knights.
1: Uh, I'll be back Monday, folks. Y'all have a good weekend. Joey Park.